Good evening, folks. Thanks for joining us on Vintage McCoy. Tonight, we have Christina Orta from Lindsay and Lindsay Wealth Management. Now you're thinking, oh, this is going to be, you know, kind of like a timeshare deal where they're going to talk about finances. No, no, that's not the point. Christina Orta is the wife of one of our elders. And she came to me with a description of modern monetary theory which is devastating our economy. And this is what this current administration's all about. And the, uh, you know, Ocasio-Cortez, she is all into this, that we can print ourselves, uh, print money, print ourselves out of this financial malaise. That's not going to work. And Christina is brilliant. She's going to walk us through this and give us some great insights. And you really need to pay attention to this because your family's financial future will depend on the understanding that you're going to glean tonight. So stick around. You're in for a good show. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. Together, we will make America great again. I have never been more hopeful about America. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The advance of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. But because of the Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One small step for man. All the gods to be able to sing with new meaning. My country tears of me. Sweet land of liberty of the Aussie. We shall pay any price, bear any dirt, uphold any foe to ensure the survival and the success of liberty. It is indeed we are the defenders of freedom. With the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So help us God. Behold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are destined to And now, your host, Pastor Rob McCoy. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, folks. Uh, with me is Christina Orta, and she, as I said before, is with Lindsay and Lindsay, a, a financial wealth management company. Uh, her husband, Brian, is one of our elders, and actually your dad is, too. Yes. And that's the Lindsay and Lindsay. Yes, it is. Uh, mm -hmm. your, your husband's not involved in the organization. It's you nope. and your dad. Mm -hmm. Now, you graduated from Loyola Marymount University, mm -hmm. and you were with Countrywide, and you went into a bunch of different areas before you joined forces with your father, and this is what you do for a living. And... You, you guys have been instrumental in helping people navigate their hard-earned money, their their wealth, put it in places that not only will bring a return, but in the same mindset, they're, you're also protecting their wealth in times where it's troublesome. Yeah. You have to figure out where to put what you've earned in a place where it's it's going to benefit society and obviously grow and, and create a return and then be reinvested. And that's the whole process. I mean, money is a representation of our contribution to society. So uh, we want to do what's right with that. And, mm -hmm. and that's what you guys have been all about. Yep. And, and so you, you, uh, you had a great idea, and I liked it. You're, you're talking about 
this modern monetary theory this that this we're watching ourselves they, what do they call quantitative easing where you yep. you print money yep and we've watched uh, an increase in inflation i think 5% in the last well, 150 days of this administration if not more we yeah. we yeah we've watched prices increase and all the crazy stuff makes sense of all this because you know i'm not the i say this often i'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer especially when it comes to financial stuff mm-hmm. Take the complex, make it simple so folks can see what's happening in these last 150 days or plus or minus with this new administration. Why is it that at one point we were watching our 401ks explode, we were watching low unemployment, we were watching industry explode, things were going great. And now, 150 days in this administration, we can't afford to buy a gallon of gas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a, a sheet of plywood is 100 bucks. I mean, that's just insane. What's happening, Christina? Make sense of all this for us. Explain all these complex uh, theories and bring it down to making it idiot-proof for a guy like me. We're, we're not only seeing inflation, but we're actually seeing stagflation. So stagflation is where you have um, inflation growing higher than wages. Oh, oof. So, and in the previous administration, wages were increasing for the first time in a long time. Yes. On a cost-adjusted basis, we've seen, or inflation-adjusted basis, we've seen wages go the highest they've been in 50 years under wow. the Trump administration. And now, in 150 days, it's stag inflation. Well, we're seeing wages still go up, but you're seeing it very isolated. Yeah. So, for example, in, in the Bay Area, they're seeing massive wage inflation. Yeah. I mean, massive wage inflation. Well, they have to area. pay the rent there. Yeah, but they're also paying people to now work from home, and yeah. they're not having to pay all the, the office st- rent. But they still have to pay taxes in California, which yes. is a cashectomy without anesthesia. Yes. Yep. Sorry. So on a, on, a, on a national basis, we're seeing um, inflation greater than the wages are going up. And this whole modern monetary theory is just MMT. It, it, people aren't talking about it enough. Um, they keep talking about the deficit, and MMT is a huge departure from traditional economic theory. Okay. And it's that the country can freely create its own money, print currency to get us out of debt, spend freely, and pay our own debts that are in our own currency. That sounds like, that sounds like Venezuela. The difference is when Nixon took us off the gold standard right. in 1970, we went from a manufacturing economy to a consumer-based economy. Okay which is better than a manufacturing economy. I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to having met, but a consumer-driven economy is gonna be more robust than a manufacturing-driven economy. And because of the US dollar being the world-desired currency, MMT works. We're so far into MMT, it, it's very difficult to unwind. Okay, so explain so folks would understand what MMT is. It is exactly the fact that you can have a government continue to print money to pay our own debts because we are the f- because of the full faith and credit in the U.S. economy. And so as we're printing money to pay our debts, mm-hmm. the value of the dollar decreases because you have more money out there running for, this, for a limited amount of products. Is that correct? It could. But because we're still the best interest rates in the world and people still desire our bonds and they desire our currency, and we're paying twice as much as the next A-rated, credit-worthy country in the world, MMT is going to continue to work. It's kind of like bananas on the shelf at the market. As long as there's a continued demand, 
no one's going to come and verify the supply. So in the UK, in Europe, they keep putting bananas on the shelf. There's not enough demand. The price is going to go down. In the US, they keep putting bananas on the shelf. The supply is constant. The, the demand is constant. I got it. Therefore, that's the premise of MMT. OK. So, so people are still running after the US dollar. Correct. Mm -hmm. And they think that'll go on forever. OK, so how will this break down? What's the detriment to it? I mean, it seems like what? It's working. It, it's working. But obviously, there's concern. What is that? The concern is that you have an hyperinflation. So once you start to see hyperinflation, the government has to stop spending. Okay, so explain hyperinflation for folks because you're talking about stagflation, where mm -hmm. where the prices are increasing, but the wages, the are wages not aren't, aren't at the same rate. At the same rate, so you're you're in a sense making less, and the price of the things you need are increasing. Mm -hmm. Well, or or you're making the same, but the price of the things you need are increasing. So Correct. whatever you're making isn't enough to purchase what you used to be able to purchase. Right. So that's a breakdown. So inflation mm -hmm. increases, mm -hmm. and then they're going to have to, what, change the interest rate? Interest rates are going to have to change. So I, I did throw a couple of slides in here, and, and one just on what the market's predicting interest rates are going to do and what the Fed is saying interest rates are going to do. So these are two separate... Yeah, there's a, there's a disconnect between what the Fed is doing. The Fed has essentially kind of lost control. They've lost the tools in their toolbox. They can't keep lowering below zero. Right. I mean, after zero, there's just zero. Unless you, yeah. I mean, they can go negative, and then they start paying you to borrow money. It's, it's Which is what's of, happening in Europe. Right. But that's, that's the difference, too, is over in Europe, it's, it's the key difference between socialism and capitalism. In Europe, they're not focused on being a growth economy. They're just wanting to sustain and maintain. So they're not looking at growing. And the only reason MMT is working in the U.S. is because we're a growing economy because of our demographics. I mean, China is 16% of the size of the U.S. Right. economy. So their demographics aren't going to get there. The threat to MMT is when the government doesn't stop spending and when someone other country's demographics out, outstrip ours. So with this $5 trillion uh, budget proposal uh, by the federal government, mm -hmm. They're, they're going to outspend. They're, obviously, they're running a deficit. It's mm -hmm. been deficit spending since the 90s, I think. I don't think we've had a balanced budget. Let's pull up the slide. Yeah. yeah. The, you, you, is this the one? This is one of them. All yeah. right. So 71% of 1,864 Americans surveyed in late April of 2021 believe the U.S. government should have a balanced budget each fiscal year as opposed to running annual budget deficits. So that's a pretty popular position for all Americans. All Americans. If we have to balance our budget, they should too. Right. All right. The U.S. government last balanced budget occurred fiscal year 2001, and so that's the source of American political studies at Harvard. So they haven't done that in 20 years. Correct. Okay. So they don't have to balance their budget like we do at home. Mm -hmm. And yet Americans want them to, but they don't. And they can keep printing money. And they keep printing money saying they're balancing it because they're paying their debt by. Mm -hmm. And all that's doing is adversely affecting all of us because our wages stay the same and inflation mm -hmm. outpaces what we're earning. Mm -hmm. And they're not rising at the same rate. Mm -hmm. And in 150 days, they've done that to us. And this $5 trillion budget that they're proposing is going to be detrimental to the economy? Could be. If, again, so... There's inflation, and one of the ways the MMT says that you're supposed to address inflation is by raising taxes. 
But the problem is what government has the courage to raise taxes in a fragile economic recovery? Whoa, 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 time out. Let me see if I got this straight. I have, I have my wages mm -hmm. and the growth of my wages are not out, inflation is outpacing that. Mm -hmm. So now I get less for what I'm earning and now the government wants to offset the printing of that money by increasing my responsibility of taxes, by increasing my taxes. So now they're taking more of what I make, increasing the prices of what I need. That's that's one of the flaws in MMT. Yeah, that sounds that's, like it's, it's unsustainable. It's a huge flaw. And, yeah. the, and that the thought is you raise taxes so the government collects some of that revenue and takes some of the dollars out of circulation. Right. So, so now, not only can I not feed my family, I can't invest in a business or do any new innovative work. So there's less capital out there. And as long as there's slack in the labor market, the government, one of their solutions and... Open the borders. Is, well, is to provide government-paid jobs. So oh. until the slack in the labor force is depleted and we have full employment, that's when the government stops spending, is when we have full employment. Okay, so, so the government provides employment, how are they going to pay those employees? With tax dollars. Mm -hmm. So it increases and the size... And creating more money. It increases the size of the government, and as Reagan said, the closest thing to eternal life on this planet mm -hmm. is a government job mm -hmm. or government agency. Mm -hmm. So those aren't going to go away, and the government's going to be larger. And government doesn't create wealth. Right. They divide it. The private sector does. Mm -hmm. Th this, this doesn't add up. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's dangerous. It can be. You keep saying it can be, but tell, it can, it can be, tell me how it's it, going to be successful. It, it, I, it I, I just don't see it. It can be successful when it's used wisely. So even under the Trump administration and coming out of the, the housing crisis, uh, if you remember, um, I think it was Paul Ryan at the time, was interviewing Ben Bernanke and said, wait a second, when Ben Bernanke was testifying before Congress and said, Paul Ryan questioned him and said, wait, you printed money. And Ben Bernanke said, no, well, you know, all the banks that have accounts with the Fed, we just increased their balance sheet. They didn't print it, they just transferred it on a computer. Bloop. They printed money, Yeah. basically. Right. And, um, but what it did was for a period of about 10 years, we, didn't, we had really low inflation because the money that they printed went into circulation and was good for the consumer-driven economy. And so it ended up keeping inflation lower. We had high, high unemployment, I'm, I'm sorry, high employment, low unemployment. We had wage growth. We had all the right things. So MMT can work when you have low inflation, and when you have spending under control. Okay, so spending under control, low inflation, but the jobs that were created under the previous administration were private sector jobs, not yep. public jobs. Yep. So this administration is saying, no, we're gonna lower unemployment by making government jobs. Correct. That's... That's dangerous. That's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. That just, that, that, that creates a beast that is never satiated. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you're going to get elected officials are going to sit at the bargaining table with the government unions, which shouldn't be permitted, yep. and they're going to have pensions, and we already have unfunded pension liabilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So interest rates go up. What happens? 
Because right now they're low. I mean, you can get a pretty decent mortgage rate. Yeah, mortgages are still at all-time record lows. Yeah. Um, you know, interest rates, the, the projection is that interest rates are going to go up. And I have a slide in here. It's, is this it? it? It's not this one, but we'll get to it eventually. But let's this, do this, this is slide. This yeah. is the mm -hmm. price increase. Um, okay, so let's see here. Inflation using the Consumer Price Index, CPI, was up 4.2% on a trailing one-year basis through 4.30.21. The last calendar year, that reported inflation of at least 4.2% was 1990 when inflation advanced 6.1%. What's that? Explain that. So obviously inflation is increasing substantially, 4.2%. Mm -hmm. Last time it was that big was back in 1990. Mm -hmm. I remember that. That was devastating. Yep. Bush comes in. Uh, I mean, it was... It, it, it was devastating. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife and I struggled to keep our home in 1990, and 6.1% inflation. And he said no new taxes, and he did, and he didn't get reelected. Mm -hmm. So explain that and the detriment of it. And that's why... That's, that's the wages, and that's the increase in inflation. Yeah. And that's why there's a fear for governments when you have inflation to raise taxes is, is kind of the only way out but you can't tax your way out you can't tax you your way can't. you can't tax your way into prosperity Reagan said. exactly and so you know that the problem with the consumer price index is also that it doesn't really account for food and energy right and so when you really factor in food and energy I mean we've seen what the price of gas is it's ridiculous and and it was it was Trump who said when Biden gets elected you're gonna see five six seven dollar gas mm -hmm. it's taken 150 days we're almost there especially in California mm-hmm you go across the state to Arizona, and it's a buck cheaper. And at one point in the East Coast, good luck even getting gas. Mm -hmm. The only gas you'd get for $2 was at Taco Bell. That's yep. a joke. <laughs> I got that from my company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So when you have you know real inflation when you factor in food and energy, I mean, we're there. Yeah. We're in the midst of it. And so people can't afford to buy things. Government's getting bigger. But the government's paying you They're paying to buy you. things. Yeah, and, and you get to sit at home and order stuff from DoorDash mm -hmm. and do nothing. Mm -hmm. And huh. and that's the greatest question that I've heard from clients and from all kinds of people. Is why this, the fundamentals don't make sense. Why is the market doing so well, the stock market doing so well, when we've got unemployment, we're, you know, we're on these lockdowns and all of these things, and it's because the Fed and the ECB and... ECB, explain that. Uh, European Central Bank, so like our, our version of the right. Fed, they're printing money and they're giving all these stimulus checks. And so the pain of this recession was no really not yet. felt because yeah. they're giving you money to, to get through it. And you feel like, hey, everything's great. And I'm talking to a number of business owners now that, you know, especially in California, I think June 15th, the governor is going to finally relent and, and you know, will be maskless and open. Uh, and, and now these business owners, they're, they're hard-pressed to find anyone to hire because people would rather stay home and get more money on unemployment. Mm -hmm. Universal basic income, UBI. And, and you just, it's, it's kind of like uh, the, the cartoon where everyone's on that spaceship and all they do is eat all day and everyone takes care of them. Yeah. Uh, Wally, that was it, yeah. So as soon as the stimulus stops, I think in August, they're going to stop the federal, um, August or September, they're stopping the federal unemployment benefits. I know 23 states now have stopped the, the $300 a week state benefits to try yeah. to help private sector get back to employment. And get, get some people to work. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But, but people enjoyed staying at home. They, they got kind of used to it. Sure. And, and they think it's going to last forever. 
<laughs> and it can't. And that's no, it can't. It's and, unsustainable. And, and that's really the disconnect between, you know, MMT has a lot of flaws, has a lot of challenges, but there's not a huge threat to it because the if the government stops spending money on things, they can't spend so freely like the AOCs of the world think they can. So the disconnect is, you know, academia right. and the media and Ultimately, even if you look at the top 50 economists that are surveyed that believe in MMT, they all say you can't ignore deficit spending and you can't, you can't just freely spend. Right. So you can't just pay for everyone's college tuition. Which you, they want to do. You just can't give them you know, blank checks. So that's really where the disconnect even between the Biden administration and MMT, there, there's, there's major flaws in their view of MMT and how MMT can work. Let's take a look at the next slide. Yeah. Uh, this one, you said it's been worse. The highest deficit as a percentage of GDP in our nation's history was 29.6% in 1943, the first of three consecutive years when the ratio was at least 21%, uh, 43, 45, uh, 44, and 45, through seven months of fiscal year 2021, uh, the seven months ending 4-30-21, the U.S. government's uh, $1.9 trillion budget deficit to date represents 8.8% of our $22 trillion economy. Gross domestic uh, product is the annual market value of all goods and services produced domestically by the U.S. Now, you, you, you point this out. So in 1943 and then 44-45, 29.6%. Now we're at 8.8%. That's a three-year period. But the thing that gets me is in 43, 44, and 45, we were at war with two fascist nations storming the beaches. Mm -hmm. um, you, had, you had these guys raising the flag on Mount Sarabachi uh, that would be this iconic Joe Rosenthal picture to raise war bonds to pay the deficit because we are trying to free the world from fascism, mm -hmm. but we're incurring 8.8% because everyone's staying home, not working, and ordering DoorDash for a virus that has a 99% survival rate while we're decimating businesses. And granted, we're not on the gold standard, so we're not an industrial-driven economy or consumer-based economy, but they were... They were building warships, and they were building tanks, and they were sending troops mm -hmm. to free the world from fascism. And ours is driven by a consumer-based economy where we buy DoorDash, we buy Amazon, we buy Costco. Those get bigger. They have an ideology that's insane, and they have no desire for what America's about. Mm -hmm. And all this plays into it, and some people's stocks are going up, but the people that are being devastated are middle income. Mm -hmm. Small businesses are being Small devastated. Small businesses. And in private sector, the private sector cannot pay the wages that the government's paying. Yeah. Can't, can't it, keep pace it's, with it. It's a huge problem. And, and so when they, they do a minimum wage of $15 an hour, well, that just means that you're going you're gonna to get a computer to take an order at mm -hmm. McDonald's as opposed to a human being. Mm -hmm. And... Everything's going to be government-run, and wealth is going to be centralized, and the common man no longer has the freedom to create a widget and feed his family and is now dependent on the government, and now they control the ideology because they control the purse strings. That's it. That's kind of troublesome there. In one case, you had a 29.6% you, mm -hmm. you know, to GDP yep. debt ratio. 
but they were freeing the world. And we were still a manufacturing-based economy. And we were manufacturing. So when they came back after the war was over, they, they cut federal spending and started the greatest industrial revolution in modern history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cars were being produced, and that the 50s and the 60s were just insane for the growth of America. We became a world power, and we took on Russia with nuclear armament and, mm-hmm. and staved off a, a communist infiltration. Mm-hmm. And now here we are, 2021, we have 8. 8%. And that's all been brought about by them paralyzing us over a virus that they said wasn't from Wuhan, but is. And it, yeah. se- it, se- it strikes me as a transference of wealth. And, and there will probably continue to be a transfer of wealth. And you brought up a good point. So one of the things that's a huge burden on our um, annual budget is um, the social programs, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. That's 60% of the budget. And so the thought is that in 2038 and beyond that there's going to be less of a drain on those services for a period of time because of the baby boomers. During 2028 to... Because we'll all be dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, that. Thanks. I know. <laughs> that's, that's what they're banking on. I'm the, the tail end the... <laughs> of the pig and the python, and we're just about to exit the, the python. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It just makes me feel so good. The 2028 to 2038, there's... $40 trillion of generational wealth transfer. And that's what the Biden administration is banking on bringing back an estate tax. Okay, let's contrast the, 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 the 29 plus percent mm-hmm. debt ratio to GDP to the 8.8 percent. This is, this is industrial driven. This is consumer driven. Mm-hmm. Check, check this out. So they're producing products mm-hmm. And, and to stave off that debt, they appealed to the American people to buy bonds. Mm-hmm. And now what they're doing is they're not saying buy bonds. They're saying, we're just going to take it with a tax increase. But they're also saying to the world, buy our bonds. Yeah. So they want the world to buy the bonds. Yeah. They mm-hmm. want to increase our taxes. And they want to print us out of debt. Mm-hmm. But, then, but then inflation's going to increase. Mm-hmm because money is just printed everywhere and everyone's taking all this, these dollars and running after the same limited products mm-hmm. and nobody's wages are going up and there's no industry that's being developed. So no one's gonna have a job, so you can, oh goodness. It's gonna this, be really interesting to see what happens when un- unemployment benefits stop. So we're just all gonna work for the government. The, that's the whole premise of MMT is that their government will guarantee you a job. Well, thank you, comrade. Until it's, basically full employment. And then the private sector can pick up the slack. And, and if the government gives you a job, then the government dictates what the rules of that are and, and now whether or not you can raise your family the way you want. Mm-hmm. And you no longer have freedom because you're, you're subject to the government. You are, you are now controlled by the government. By the government. Their argument is that they're picking up jobs, that they're giving jobs that the private sector um, employees wouldn't want. You know, building roads, building freeways, Building hospitals. I, I, I got but people that I know people line up to do that. Me too. Mm. As long as you just stay out of my life and let mm-hmm. me raise my family, I'll mm-hmm. dig a ditch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
So what's this? Uh, what, you have one more slide? I have a, I have a couple more. A couple one more. was just kind of... Um, Let's look at here's, budget Here's here. on the budget. This is expected to be, you know, this week. We're expected to see what the blueprint is for Biden's... Okay, so the Biden White House will release on 527-21 its blueprint for government spending for 2022 fiscal year, i.e. the 12 month from 10-1-21 to 9-30-22. The broad outline covers both mandatory spending, um, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and discretionary spending... Defense, foreign aid, education, transportation, total outlays are expected to exceed $5 trillion for the entire fiscal year. And that's the White House that has signaled this. A $5 trillion a year budget. Mm -hmm. what, 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 what's our income? That's a good question. A lot of us are waiting to see what will happen with, you know, um, I mean, this is, the tax proposals. And this is unprecedented. $5 trillion. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's like a drunken sailor. Free checkbook. Yeah. Blank. And and it's just going to be a cornucopia they're of gonna, government programs. They're going to have to rein in spending. Or inflation is just going to be runaway inflation. But maybe that's what they want to do. Could it, be. The, the, the government's role in a day and age is to create a problem it's a, where you create a problem so yeah. big that the government comes with a solution that's half as bad as the problem. Mm -hmm. And then they they control more of your life. Yeah. Wow. All right. Now all of this, all of this is a little overwhelming. Mm hmm And you, you're a mom. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're a wife. You're a, a partner in a firm. You, you love God. You love your country. You're smart. Mm-hmm. What do we do? What what are you going to do? What, I mean, you, you obviously look at your family and and you got concerns and and you're smart. You this is stuff that you you figured out. What are your thoughts on it all? Oh, we've got to educate our youth. We've got to teach them how to balance a budget. I mean, they're not even teaching basic finance in school these days. Yeah, kids are graduating and they don't even know how to to pay off a credit card. Or even how to obtain credit or... Yeah. 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 And what is it? The Bible says not to be a slave to your, to yeah. your lender. And yeah. A, 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 a borrower is a slave to the lender. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to repay our debts and we have to live within our means. Well, but why should you if the government doesn't have to? And if we just, I mean, we run up the debt and, you know, I just, I just paid off. I just paid off and my, my son is the only one. My daughter has a little bit, but she's going to cover it. And if she can't, I'll do it. I've saved some money. But they're going to graduate from the university, and I am, I, they, will, they will have paid every penny of what they borrowed. Mm -hmm. and, and to their credit, they haven't borrowed a lot. Mm -hmm. It was one or two semesters where it was necessary. Yep. But all these other folks who have incurred tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, get to walk away from it. And that's, you know, if the concerning. government pays it. Yeah, if the government pays it, this whole this whole free tuition thing is just mind-boggling. Because and, and, and you and you subsidized the university system that has educated our children in socialism, mm -hmm. and and they're paid way too much, mm -hmm. and they've got endowments, and <laughs> this is okay. The average, I think I heard a statistic. It was like the average college graduate um, was. I think earning on average like two hundred thousand dollars more 
annually than the uneducated college graduate. So they, they are making more money to cover their college tuition coming out of school. Some. Some. But it's still hard to pay that off. It's very hard to pay that I, off. I, I, would say, I would say this, as I said to my youngest child, Michael, I said, look, take a gap year. Mm-hmm. Go, go learn how to pay rent in an apartment and put money in the bank and pay for your own car. And he did that. He's got no debt. He's got savings. And he's getting educated. I mean, these kids are graduating from a university with debt, possessing a degree that they can't get a job with. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hire them. And they, they, borrow, they, they, they spend money that they don't have to get a degree that won't work. And then they have to start a life and they find someone, they marry them and both of them bring in their college debt and then try to live it in California and then they're going to increase your taxes. I, I would say go learn how to do, you know, air conditioning repair. And people used to despise the blue collar industry. America, there, there's, there's jobs demand. everywhere necessary for this. Go, go learn how to do that. Well, think of all the trades right, coming yeah. out of this, this people being home and lo- um, everyone's doing home improvements. Yeah. I mean, there's such a shortage of people in the trades. Even yeah. the trades and cost of home improvements and electrical and plumbing, it's all gone through the roof. Right. And, and, there's a labor shortage. Yeah, and, and getting a subcontractor to do something for your home, you, you have to book it weeks in advance, mm-hmm. if not months, mm-hmm. in certain states. I mean, it's mm-hmm. back, backlogged. But I think people also need to work through school. And if you're going to take on the debt, you have to, I mean, even the, the Bible speaks to this yeah. too, I think Psalms or Proverbs, whatever you, whatever you take out in debt, you have to repay. Right. And people go to college with the assumption that they're going to, if they're going to take out debt, they have to be able to repay it. And I think that there's a flaw too from a little bit of a generation of helicopter parenting that I want my kid to focus on school I don't want them to have to work through yeah, I school. I don't want them to suffer. I don't want them to have to. I worked the thirty camp. hours a week through school. Yep. I worked three jobs. I, and I I was a student athlete. I worked hard too. I and and my scholarship paid for that. Mm-hmm. But it was exhausting. You had morning practice, evening mm-hmm. practice, weights in the, and then you had to travel, and then you had to come back, get your homework. You had to do mm-hmm. all. You're on the road. Uh, you know, you're a paid a athlete, but it's it's hard work. I pay, I played volleyball my first years yeah. of college, so you got it. I get it, and. Um, I played volleyball in my first two years. I worked 30 hours a week, and I still graduated in three years. And I paid off my debt for my college by the time I was 30. And you just learn to live within your means. But there's not an appreciation for paying off the debt, too, yeah. if you didn't have to work something for it. Yeah. That which you receive too easily, you esteem too lightly. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so that's for the young folks. Mm-hmm bringing character, paying your debt, don't go overboard. Parents, let them suffer and struggle a little bit because it's like, uh, you know, a a, a caterpillar, the metamorphosis into a butterfly. If you open that cocoon early, they don't get strong wings and they they Mm -hmm. suffer. Uh, It looks like they're laboring and it's overwhelming, but that's all part of strengthening them for the future. And when you helicopter parent, Mm -hmm. you don't make them have to earn and work hard and all those things, it doesn't yep. develop their character to that great. So I got that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some of the folks that are getting ready to exit the Python, this boomer generation, that may have accumulated wealth. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do in this season to make sure that they're not a burden on the next generation and they can leave some of the stuff that they worked hard for to the generation coming up behind them? So as in one sense, not 
not to entitle them mm -hmm. to wisely transfer it. My dad didn't leave us anything mm -hmm. but, but character. He didn't leave us debt, but he gave us character. Mm -hmm. You know, some families just, hey, you're on your own. Others, I want to leave you something. Uh, and, and you've got a runway before you exit this earth and step into eternity. What do you do with th this thing we call money, which is the representation of our contribution to society? These older folks made contribution. They invested it. Now they, they're enjoying life to some capacity, and they're, they're using that wealth to be able to serve, not necessarily drive a Winnebago all over the country. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're serving at their churches. They're volunteering. They're taking their time that, that they, they've managed to be able to create because they've got money working for them, and now their time is no longer in a cubicle, it's now out there doing nonprofit stuff. How do they maintain that? What are some investment vehicles in mm. regards to that? How, how do they yeah. navigate this world? What, what would you encourage them to do? I would, I would highly encourage them to definitely have a plan. I mean, step one is having a plan. Right. Trying to do it yourself is, 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 is much easier said than done. And um, having good wisdom and someone that can guide you, that can plan for inflation. Did you plan for inflation in your retirement years? I mean, going from accumulation of wealth to distribution of wealth are two different things. A blind monkey could have made money in the last 15 years putting money in the stock market. So, so what, are the, what are the investment vehicles that best overcome inflation? So you absolutely have to take risk. I mean, back in 2005, you used to be able to get a CD earning 5%. Yeah. I mean, now you're in a money market earning 0.4. Yeah. I mean, and you've got inflation at 4.2. You can put it under your mattress and do better. Your, your people are sitting on cash because they're scared right. and they're, they're losing money. And I think it's the last 30 years, the, the worst calendar year return for a government bond was like negative 3.8%. That was the worst year when the worst year in the stock market was down 32 so obviously you're taking less risk in a bond, but a bond's supposed to be safe. This first quarter, because the 10-year Treasury rose 100 basis points, rose over 1% in the matter of three months, mm. bonds lost over 4% just in the first quarter of this year. I mean, the bond market is not necessarily the safest place to be. So investing in the government is not necessarily the best place to go? Yeah. Because, yeah, okay. All right, th then where do you go? You absolutely have to have a diversified portfolio. Okay, diversified. I mean, you, you have to have. I'm pushing you. Yeah, you Help have to here. have stocks. You have to have bonds. You have to have different asset classes. I think the Wall Street Journal put out an article that said the measure of risk, which is standard deviation, which is technical, but it's a measure of risk. And so they said that the the measure of risk was a seven back in 2005. You had to take very little risk to get a seven percent return annualized rate of return. That measure of risk today is a 17. You have mm. to have a 17 to get a 7% rate of return because you're not earning anything in money market. You're not earning anything in earning, you're earning 1.6% uh, on a 10 year treasury. Mm. And you got inflation at 4.2. Yep. So what are you gonna do to outpace inflation? You have to do other investments, dividend paying stocks, mutual funds. Explain, I mean, you have a, to. explain a dividend paying stock. You know, a, a Johnson & Johnson, a, um, um, well, a value-oriented stock. A, a value-oriented stock, which means not only do you get the increase in the percentage of the return, but you also get a dividend? Dividend. Dividend-paying stocks. Blue-chip dividend-paying stocks. Okay. Home Depot. You know, some other ones that pay good dividends. Okay. So there, there's a handful of them out there. Yep. And they change from season to season depending on the, you know, they do. the climate. 
but dividends are at least are paying more than the 10 year treasury and that's that's the the odd predicament that we're in right now as as money managers too is you're earning more in dividend paying stocks than you are on a 10 year treasury all right, what about the inundation that we we face whenever you go on any website and everyone's you know telling you to buy gold and all the conservative uh, mm. programs or websites that you go to there you just everywhere you look there's an advertisement mm -hmm. for gold or silver what what what's the hype and all that and is it because yeah you know, I've I've seen that going for years. I would caution significantly against some gold. Um, the problem with gold ETFs to exchange-traded funds, buying an indexed gold fund, um, certainly better than buying physical gold in some aspects, unless you have a wholesale broker, you've got a place to store it, and you can have the physical bricks of gold. Even that, I've seen so many people get burned by the advertisements on the news because you're paying about a 20% markup. Right. I mean, you're going to have to overcome some significant return in the price of gold to overcome that markup. And, and, and liquidity, if you need to sell it, you're taking a hit. Yeah. And not to mention, you know, you're going to have people outside getting ready to break in. And... And, and some of these people that I've had clients that did it on their own, and they said the security people that will deliver it are... are, are shady. Shady. Yeah. And, and it puts yourself on an unnecessary risk. But then you have the ETFs that, while they're liquid, you can trade it on any given day the underlying reserves that are backing up those ETFs aren't, aren't there. Oh, really? The price of the ETF is trading at a multiple of the actual underlying reserves. Wow. So there's, it, it kind of goes back to writing a blank check. What's the yeah. underlying value? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're selling the same thing over and over and over again. All right, uh, so certain stocks, and, and th that's what you do with your clientele. And that's what you work through. The biggest thing is having a plan. I mean, the yeah. investments are honestly, the, the investments are probably the smallest component of what we do. Picking a stock, picking a bond, that's, that's the easy part. Yeah. Um, figuring out what makes sense in this economy, you know, emerging market equities versus domestic, domestic debt versus emerging market debt. Those, those, that's the easy part. Yeah. It's, it's do you have a plan? Do your kids know what your plan is? Do they know what your legacy wishes are? Right. Are you charitably inclined? Have you set up a plan or a legacy that keeps them charitably inclined as to what's important to you? What was important to you in building that wealth? Does the next generation know what those wishes are? That's a great point because there's a number of folks, capitalists, that have built industry and they get their name on a building in a university that is, that is occupied by teachers that do not espouse the principles that help create the wealth that built that building and they're educating your your children opposite of what you believe in. Mm -hmm. there, there needs to be a divesting from universities, but yet people want to prove to their, I don't know, their contemporaries, look, I succeeded, my name's on our alma mater. Mm -hmm. You need to get over that ego right. and start investing in areas where you can make a difference. I love what Charlie Kirk says, he says, divest from universities. Start, start doing something to change the country instead of investing in that which is destroying it. Mm -hmm. And you have to have a written plan. I mean, you have to have an estate plan as to what your wishes are. Right. And, and, I, and I joke, I, there's things I could never go into, but that my, my grandfather left in his, his trust. And his, his, the most important thing to my grandfather, he was a um, Navy fighter pilot, and he, the most important thing after having three boys and then having three granddaughters was education. Yeah. Being a female in this world, having an education, that was right. the most important thing. So he left us an education fund, no money. 
But in the trust, we couldn't have access to even that education fund if we weren't going to certain schools, Specific certain majors. Yeah. We couldn't do um, uh, syn underwater synchronized basket weaving. We couldn't do ancient art. We Irish literature. We couldn't, we, yeah. yeah, he was very specific as to what type Love of it. education he wanted us to get. Now, is this is this uh, paternal or maternal? Paternal. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I see where John gets it. Shocker. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So this was, but but you know what. We all did it. We yeah. honored his wishes. We all got an education. And, and your sisters are sharp. Yeah, and You're sharp. Thank you. And yeah, he did, a, he did a good job. And, and, and something that we're going to be equipped to, to do well in society. I mean, I, as you mentioned, not everyone needs a college degree. You can't do what I do and be a CFP without a college degree. Right. So there's certain things you need a college degree for. But you have to be also equipped to um, handle academia today. Yeah. And... Um, when it comes to charitable giving, leaving a legacy, make sure your wishes are clear. I mean, I have some clients that will say, rather than having an outright gift to my kids, they're going to get X amount at this age, X amount at this age. They can't be doing drugs. They have to be holding a job. And then they might create a um, charitable pool that they want their kids to sit at the same table at Thanksgiving and figure out what they're going to do to give to charity every single year. That's cool. And this will be a continuing fund that will continue to give gifts in perpetuity to charities. All right. This, this will be a good way to kind of conclude our time together. And I love asking questions like this. And you can, you can answer it without exposing the person. Mm -hmm. But you've been doing this, working at Lindsay & Lindsay since what year? I came out of corporate uh, private equity seven years ago. Okay. So you've been doing it a while. Mm -hmm. Tell me your... Tell me your most interesting client in the sense of what they put together that really was intriguing to you and 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 it was it was magnificent. You know, one mm. of those those folks that really thought this through that impressed you. Good question? No? Tough? Too tough? Tough. Um Basically, I'm asking who's your favorite client of all the ones you've... Not your favorite, because it'll make other folks feel bad. Your favorite client of oh. maybe who's passed or something. You know, the clients that, that really leave a legacy for their children's children, those that have really thought through, I, I want my wealth to continue. Um, I don't want... You know, we had a fairly sizable client that um, she was a trust fund baby. And her kids got outright gifts. They blew it. Yeah. Blew it. Yeah. And so what we've done is we've decided to create a generational legacy. And there'll be a salary for helping manage the foundation, if you will. But it'll be capped with, you know, percentage escalators in there. But it will allow giving decisions and she's been clear as to what she wants the giving to be for generations to come. So she, 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 she was, she was burdened by what was given to her and she changed for the next generation Yep. because I, I, I said this in a previous broadcast that I know a wealthy man who said, people think my money is a solution to their problems. Mm -hmm. And what he said was Money's an accelerant. It makes you more of what you already are. Mm -hmm. And it can be detrimental. Mm -hmm. uh, money can buy a house but not a home. It can buy uh, a bed but not sleep. It, you know, it, it, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Sex but not love. It, it, mm -hmm. it, it's, 
it's limited. Wealth right. is limited. And in and as an accelerant, it, it can be dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so she saw the detriment of that by mm -hmm. the way it was put a, put to her mm -hmm. and the devastation it caused. So she makes a conscientious effort, you're telling me, for her heirs mm -hmm. not to be poisoned by it, but to benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And it was a it was wise. Yep. Wow, that's cool. That's a yeah. that that's an excellent it's I like that. She's she's a great client. She had been royally taken advantage of by a lot of people that took advantage of her wealth for a long time. So we got to come alongside her and create a plan that is her vision of what she wants things to be for the that, future. That is rocking. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Well, you have uh, you've enlightened me. I, I don't know if everybody, I, I know everyone enjoyed it, but I really <laughs> I've really enjoyed sitting with you. And, me and too. Mm -hmm. seriously, you've given me some great insights. I mean, this isn't a, a world I'm I'm wholly familiar with. But I'm smarter today than, than when I began with you because uh, you've given me some, some great insights. I'm, and I know all the folks feel the same way. Thank you. Lindsay and Lindsay. Yep. All right. With an uh, E. Yeah, what's that? With an E. With an E, yeah. Yeah, yeah. L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. <laughs> S-E-Y. Um, and, and I don't promote business, but I, I just simply say what you guys are doing is great. So. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to bless all of you with the reading from Numbers, and this is also for you, Christina, you. and for your family, for your dad. Mm -hmm. uh, your grandpa, he's gone to be with He's gone, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that, yep. that's cool, it, it, the, the wisdom that he put forward. All right, number six. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Wow. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, you know, the, the Lord gives us a, the Ten Commandments, a, a moral law, and from that comes a civil law. And in the civil law, it's, it's how to protect that which God's blessed you with because you've honored Him. Mm -hmm. And wealth is an, uh, is an accumulation of uh, an expression of your contribution to society. And the government wants to take all that and become big. And here you are explaining everything to everybody. I, I can't thank you enough. Give the first fruits to the Lord. That's right. Amen. Well, folks, thanks for joining us tonight. And Christina Orta, she's with Lindsay and Lindsay and tremendous guest tonight. So grateful for her insights. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody. Hey guys, thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at The Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.